This is Keys to the City with Anthony Weiner. Welcome to episode 11 of Keys to the City, a podcast about the problems facing New York City and the enduring power of ideas. I'm Anthony Weiner. From existential threats to pet peeves, each week together we'll resist the temptation to curse the darkness. Instead, we'll try to light a candle by bringing to light the things that have worked before or new ways to get things done. I should begin this episode by asking for your forgiveness. My voice is a little hoarse today. I had a cold, so if I sound like Brenda Vaccaro, you know why. And for many of you, I will pause while you Google Brenda Vaccaro. So today, the issue on Keys to the City that we're going to try to tackle and come up with a solution for is the question that comes up frequently around education in New York is who's in charge of the school? My mother, who was a school teacher for 31 years, would say, well, the principal, of course. But more importantly, we're asking the question about where accountability lies in New York City for our schools. And that's where idea number 84 came from. And Idea 84 simply says, expand mayoral controls of our schools and make it permanent. But first, a little bit of history. For years and years, the schools have been run, not by the New York City per se, but by Albany. Policies affecting our schools had come out of the state legislature, not from the city council and not from the mayor. It was manifested for the long many years that I was in the public school system, for example, by a board of education over whom the mayor had no control. So what wound up happening? Well, year after year, there would be finger pointing. Mayors sometimes actively and sometimes not so actively campaigning against the board of ed. Mayor Giuliani famously took this to new heights by refusing to even talk to the school chancellor, the head of the board of ed. Well, that changed somewhat when Mayor Mike Bloomberg came into office and he said, listen, this is a big part of our school system. Today, for example, it's $38 billion a year, the budget. 54% of that comes from New York City taxpayer money, 36 comes from the state, and the other 10% comes from some combination of the federal government and contributions and grants and things like that. So Mayor Bloomberg made it his important accomplishment that he wanted to get mayoral control, and to some degree that happened, but not fully. And what I mean by that is every so often, the city has to go back up to Albany, mayors have to go to Albany and say, listen, let's continue giving us at least the control that we have. And it's a, a limited control. Now the mayor gets to appoint the chancellor, but there are still bodies and still bodies of law that give Albany the authority to make decisions about everything from what the admission test should be like for specialized schools to even class size. And what made this issue come up more prominently recently was a rather bizarre scenario where the city council voted for a budget for the city of New York. It's a $105 billion budget. As I mentioned, about $38 billion of it goes to the Board of Ed. And just to give you a context, this is 1.1 million school kids in about 1,000 school buildings. It is a giant infrastructure. When you ask about what makes New York City a particularly expensive place to run compared to other municipalities and other states. It's just the sheer number of kids in our public school system. We have a 1,000 buildings, for example. Our capital budget alone is $20 billion. That's the portion of the budget that builds things that are going to be around for a little while, in this case, mostly schools and school buildings. 
So this rather bizarre scenario that emerged recently that prompted me to put this on our schedule at Keys to the City is that the city of New York passed a rather modest cut in the school budget. It was passed by the city council. And then almost immediately, members of the city council themselves, under pressure from their constituents, started protesting their own vote. And what form did that protest take? The city council went to court to overturn their own decision. That's right. They went to court and argued that because of the way this is structured, that there are state rules that impact how budgets must be done, they argued that this panel for educational policy, which is something that most New Yorkers don't even know exists, a creation of the state, hadn't been sufficiently consulted before the city council cast their vote. And you know what? As of this taping, they've been largely successful in convincing a state court that the rules weren't followed. So it gets down to the question of what kind of a bizarre scenario is it that has the state of New York passing laws that allow the city council members who run New York City, who have the responsibility for New York City governance, going into court and relying on a state provision in order to get them out from under their own vote. And the simplest way to look at this historically is that all cities, New York City and every other city in New York State, is a creation of the state. They are the ones that, you know, the state constitution led to these smaller political subdivisions. Well, over the course of time, the reality was that while the adult supervision wasn't necessarily coming from Albany, New York City has evolved a great deal from its days of Jimmy Walker and Tammany Hall, and now Albany has seen more than its share of reason for us to be skeptical about their ability to oversee New York City. I'm not sure it's even necessary anymore. And it's also we have seen a transition. We were in a period during, I don't know what to call it, I guess it was a reform period, where we created these independent agencies and boards, like the Board of Education, like the Port Authority, like the Transit Authority, that politicians gave to these boards and authorities kind of the tough decisions to make to avoid accountability. So they could always point at someone else when tough decisions were getting made, for example, raising the price of a token or making cuts to the Board of Ed. But in today's world, in 2022, now we are at a place that everyone is saying they want accountability. They want to know exactly who to complain to when something happens that they don't like. And I believe in that as well. And so my proposal is simply to say, Albany, get out of the way. We don't need you anymore. We shouldn't have this system where the mayor has to go to the state legislature every so often and say, let us continue this. And what happens is that invariably the New York state legislature Members, by the way, I should point out, are not just from New York City. They're obviously people from Syracuse, from Rochester, from all around the state are casting votes on how New York City will be run. So this panel for education policy I mentioned to you recently, it was just expanded by the state from 15 to 23 members. And while members get appointed by the mayor, they put in new rules that said the mayor couldn't fire someone if they didn't vote the way they liked. The state legislature said we want to reduce the class sizes from 25 to 20, the average class size in New York City, which is perhaps a fine policy, but I would much rather have the New York City legislature making those decisions rather than a legislature that includes people from all around the state. So the argument is simply this, accountability. When you ask who runs the school, it's the principal, but who runs the schools? It should be the mayor and the city council, and that when you are concerned about something that your city representative did on schools, you know exactly where to go. When you want to know who failed to collect the garbage, you complain to your city council member. When you want to know who failed our schools, you should point to your local elected officials, not someone 
off in Albany. So that's the idea. That's what we have. That's idea number 84. And when we come back after the break, we're going to have a guest who is probably no better suited than we've ever had for someone to respond to this idea. And on the other side of the break, we'll get a chance to hear if my idea is all right or somewhere in between. Thank you for joining us in Keys to the City. We'll see you after the break. So welcome back to Keys to the City. For those of you who follow the podcast, you know how this is structured. Talk about an idea. Today, we're talking about the idea of mayoral control, New York City control of the school system. It's idea 82. And at the end of my little rant, we talk to someone who knows well enough to be able to say whether the idea is a good one, a bad one, or somewhere in between. And I can think of no episode where we've had an expert more perfectly match the subject. Today, we're going to hear from someone who not only is a lifelong New York City resident, but was a school teacher and now is a member of the New York State Assembly, has risen to be the chair of the Education Committee. Let me welcome in Michael Benedetto. How are you, Michael? Anthony, I am doing very well and feel quite healthy. Well, good. That's good to hear. So before we talk about the subject, let me hear a little bit. Tell me about the 82nd District. Where is that? What is your district like? Tell us a little bit about it. All the way in the corner of the Bronx, Anthony. I am in Throg's Neck. If you live on Long Island or Queens and you're coming into the Bronx, if you're taking the Whitestone Bridge or the Throg's Neck Bridge, you cross into my district. And it's areas of Throg's Neck and Pelham Bay and City Island and Co-op City. It's a great, great little mix. And so if you're coming over the Throg's Neck and you see that Trump golf course, that's your district. Unfortunately, that is noticed by too many people. But yes, that that's what they see. Well, and, it's a- you know, as much as I hate the man, that golf course is much needed because before then it was a closed landfill that was a blight on the part of the Bronx, and now it's really a showcase. So now, what is? Sense, Without us getting bogged down on it, there was a while that de Blasio wanted to strip his name from it. It was litigated. Where does it stand today? I'm just curious. To the best of my knowledge, the Trump golf course won the lawsuit. They can't be displaced from sponsoring the golf course. And so that right now, it's still in the hands of Trump. And hopefully, they'll come to some sort of an agreement. Who knows? Maybe the missed classified papers are stashed there. (laughs) Well, let me ask you one other thing before again, before we get it. You are in a weird part of the Bronx that you're technically, your constituents are probably closer to City Field than they are to Yankee Stadium. But is the Bronx all Yankees all the way? Or is your corner of the Bronx You have a lot of Met fans there. We do have a lot of Met fans. We used to have, by the way, a Bronx County leader of the Democratic Party, Marcos Crespo, who was an avid Met fan. But I am a Yankee fan. Carl Hasty is an avid Yankee fan. And we're still the Yankee pinstripes, part of our makeup. Well, I got to see nowadays when there are a few congressional races going on, I am always befuddled that no moderator asked that question, because for a lot of voters, that's what they want to know, Yankees or Mets. And uh, that's that's the most important question. So let me get to the subject in hand and give you an opportunity. As I mentioned in the introduction, you really do have 
a foot in a lot of different camps that would make you a real expert on this subject. And you taught in the school system for years under the old system where it was the Board of Ed under the thumb of the state, so much so that you and I both remember Rudy Giuliani would rail against the Board of Ed as if it were a foreign entity in our city. And you were there shortly after, you got elected shortly after Mike Bloomberg was successful in getting what I would call partial and temporary mayoral control that now gets considered every couple of years. Maybe to start us off in this conversation, tell us how this originally became the status quo. Why is it that the state runs school systems around the state? Well, I mean, if you go on and go back in history, as early as our first vice president of the United States, John Adams, he was an advocate for public education, free public education. And eventually, at least, our kids are going to be educated with a high school diploma. Okay, and thank God that is still the case. And right now we're kind of graduating to college degrees for most people that think that is what's needed. So that's how we finally you know, got there. And the states are obligated to provide for an education of their populace. Well, why and, and did that's it, why we are. are we in New York? Why is it the role of the state? You know, one thing we say about education is that it is the one issue that should be as locally governed as possible. And we have local school boards, local. Why does the state of New York, why did it arise this way? that the state of New York was the primary decision maker for something that is essentially a local concern? Well, for the most part, it is a local concern. I mean, the state will supply money to the school districts, and we do supply a lot of money to the school districts, but the policies and how they're run is left up to the individual districts. There are over 700 school districts in the state of New York making policy all over the state and making policy that kind of fits best for their students. How small you make those districts, well, that's something else. But here in the city of New York, we take the city as a whole. Well, but the... Panel for Education Policy required under state law. Yeah. You had a pass, I believe it was passed, it might still be pending, legislation to change the way our specialized schools did their admissions policies. These are state policies. I guess my, you know, the point of the idea that I'm talking about today is that as much as we like having a state senator from Syracuse deciding on these policies, why shouldn't just be permanent control of the city? I'm not saying we don't want your funding. You provide about, I guess, oh, close to 35, 36% of the funding. But why should we have to go back every couple of years and say, please, oh, please, let us have control of our schools? What's the argument on the other side? Well, there's a lot of different issues here. You started out, you were talking about the specialized high schools. Okay. And I totally agree with you on that. New York City is, as far as I know, the only city in the state that we say this is how you are supposed to 
what you're supposed to do with the specialized high schools, what your qualifications of your high school admittance should be. We don't do that for any other. And I am very much in favor of doing away with that law and leaving it up to the city to decide, okay? I'm very much up for, you know, throughout the state, allowing the school districts to run their own business. We'll give you the money, you do what you want to do. Now, the second issue you brought up, which was- um, The Panel for uh, Educational Policy, PEPS. The mayoral control of the schools, okay? Well, that's something that we as a state, we allow New York City to run their own schools underneath a form of running the schools instead of a school board having mayoral control. We allow that. We don't know if it's perfect. And with all the people who are always complaining about it from year to year, we want to have our finger basically in the pie to be able to tweak how male oral control is run and making sure that it runs as good as it should. That's yeah, basically but why is it, it. I mean, putting you aside, you're a yeah. New York City representative. Do you have any members of the education committee that are from upstate New York? Oh, sure. The education committee has about 25 so, members. Why and, should uh, they yeah. have any say whatsoever? The Constitution of the state of New York empowers the state legislature a certain amount of control on the schools of the state of New York and how the schools are run. Okay. That's what's happening here. We are exercising that power and allowing New York City to have the form of school leadership called a mayoral control. Yeah, but now you're just repeating what I am suggesting is the problem. <laughs> I mean, look, let's take a look at the most recent circumstance this came up. The city council cast a vote to cut the, the school budget for the city of New York under the yeah. New York City budget, a hundred some odd billion dollars, a little bit deceptive. It's really not that much because a lot of it comes from other sources, including the state. They decide they didn't like the heat they were getting for making the cut, and they go into state court to sue that it be stopped under the state law that there was a policy that wasn't followed on that that was created by the state legislature under this panel for education policy. And I got to tell you, Mr. Chairman, a lot of New Yorkers are scratching their heads. We elect the city council to make these decisions. Why do we have to go into a state court to look at a state regulation, decide if they did it right? That's the problem. The problem is- the problem that is people in New York City love to litigate. You, you know, Anthony, getting anything done in the city of New York is so difficult because everybody is always litigating. The, but the you, can't sue, you can't sue that the parks budget wasn't divvied up, right? Because there's no state control over that. You can't sue even that the police, well, that's a little bit of different in some cases, maybe. Look, maybe here's my argument. Once upon a time, when you and I were both cutting our teeth in politics, you might be able to say that the city was chaotic. It couldn't run itself. In the era of Giuliani, Bloomberg, Dinkins, we're no longer that way. We make mistakes, but you've got just as much dysfunction in Albany as you do in New York. I don't even see the argument anymore, you know, and to say, if you told me, okay, the state legislature wants to have its fingers in the pie because you're a New York representative, at least I get that rationale. The chair of the Senate committee 
is Senator Mayer, is that her name? Senator Mayer and is a New York City part in the Senate chaired by Chairman John Liu. Okay, there's a New York City subcommittee. Correct. Right. Okay, but the point that I'm making is I would be, you know, very surprised if anyone would agree to have the United States Congress decide the policies for New York State as it relates to just New York, not Mississippi, not Missouri or not. I mean, that's the point I'm making is that I don't see the rationale anymore. You and know, the fact that the mayor of the city of New York, think about what just happened, because you broke, you helped broker that deal and it turned out better for the city than it might have otherwise. And we're grateful to you. The mayor had to go get a two year extension. He had a the state legislature told the mayor, you've got to cut your class size. Now, whether you want big class size or small class size, but why is it an assembly from Plattsburgh voting on whether we have a class size in the Bronx? There's a couple of different things you have got to address here. Number one, we in the state did not cause the problem that they're having in New York City right now. Okay. If, and I'm not saying he did, but if the mayor and the chancellor didn't follow the correct procedure in formulating their own budget, the same budget that they're supposed to do every year, they didn't do it correctly, according to the courts. And that's what the challenge was all about. They didn't uh, follow a state law. We had law. nothing to do with it. I'm no, sorry. it was a state law. It wasn't a law that the city passed. It was a state law. It was. The creation uh, of this, of the panel for education policy right. was a state creation. That's correct. It is in the form of what mayoral control looks like. There is a panel, and that panel is supposed has certain duties to oversee the budget and oversee policy of New York City. Aha. Uh -huh. um, well, stop right there before you continue. Yeah. Yeah. Why should anyone oversee the policy of New York City? We're voters too. Why do we? It's our schools, our mayor, our city council. Look, I just gave the example. This year, the state of New York made a decision. They wanted smaller class sizes. Olivai, I love that idea. I want smaller class sizes too. But I now, if I wanted to fire the guy that voted for that, I'd have to go to Plattsburgh and vote. And, you know, it's not my own representatives that make that decision. That doesn't seem right to me. The school size bill is not a bill just for the city of New York. It's a statewide bill. Okay. As I remember it. Okay. But why does that make it, it any I, 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 I thought it was for school school districts over a million kids, is what I thought oh, it was. Which Anthony, is you might be right. I'm not going to. But uh, even say if I'm it right. is, yeah. even, I mean, I guess the point, I mean, look, there's a whole raft of state laws that govern only New York City. And every two years, the mayor has to go back. And, and you were there when, when Bloomberg first renewed it. And my question, let's conclude with this. Why not make it permanent? Because quite often the people, the representatives in New York City look and they see what's going on in the school districts and they may or may not like what's going on and they want to have the ability to say this is wrong. And it should change. And that's basically why we don't want to be able to give up 
that section of the law. We want well, to be able to I say think citizens, I think citizens reasonably want accountability for local decisions to be with the local officials. And maybe once upon a time, in the days of Mayor Jimmy Walker or Tammany Hall or whatever it is, we might have said that the New York, New York City residents can't govern themselves. And I just don't think that that's the case anymore. And while you and your colleagues may want to have, as you put it, a finger in the pie, that's not, in my view, it's not a good enough reason. By the way, if there was some way to structure it, that it was only New York City members with their fingers in the pie, but it's not that way. And this isn't the only section of the law, you know, Mike. I mean, we can talk about the ERSAT, the ERSATs, ERSATs, what is that one? How do you say it? ERSTAT, ERSTAT laws. There's all Correct. kinds of ways, but this is a $38 billion a year. We get a 1.1 million school kids, a thousand school buildings, teachers like you, like my mom. And when we want to get control of the schools, we have to march up to Albany, hat in hand, and pray that people like you who always look out for us come through for us. I don't think we should have that drama anymore. I think it should be done permanently. And, and also, we're in an age of accountability now. We have the boards, the MTA, the public services, like all these boards and agencies that were created in a time before you and I came to the scene, which were ways for politicians to avoid accountability. In a weird way, that's what this system is too. You literally have city council members who screwed up a vote, putting out press releases saying, oh, I'm so glad the state court stopped my vote from being counted. It's insane right now. I mean, that's a court decision, Anthony. There's nothing that we did in the state that prevented the New York City Council and the mayor to approve a budget and to no, run their did. schools. You, you created this panel for education policy and we put 15 people on it. We created a framework that they are to operate under, just like we operate underneath a constitution, not only in the state, but in the country. And we okay. got to adhere by the laws of that constitution. Okay. It's a framework. I'll, I'll, I'll ask this legislature in Massachusetts to make some laws that govern how the New York State Assembly operates. And you tell me if that seems okay to you. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, Anthony. We, no, but this is a state law. This is for mayoral control. Now do it. And New okay. York City fumbled the ball. Alternative, alternative. We don't need your freaking framework. Let us govern our city. That's the alternative. <laughs> well, the city asked the state to make a framework called no. mayoral control. And no, we they, did. We asked what Mike Bloomberg and every mayor since has asked is to butt out. And you guys have said under the following conditions. And every year there are new conditions. This year, this pep went from 15 to 23. And you said you can't fire people anymore because people were upset that the mayor was firing his appointees when they didn't agree with them. So that got changed. Now we have this controversy around the class size, which is a state mandate on the city. So what now you've you got advocate, you're advocating for a dictatorial mayor who is going to make all the rules for the school system and yeah. without any checks and balances. Wait a minute. No, it's called the country. voters. It's called the city council and the voters, just like you have with the governor and your voters. How and is the it dictatorial? council is still there doing their job. No, but the authority doesn't stop with anybody because of this system. Like, for example, this, this is the point I'm making. This is what made me think this was a good issue for this week, is that you have this system that the city council 
can literally point fingers at the state and blame the state. You're now pointing fingers saying the city council should do it. You're calling the mayor dictatorial. No, we elected him to solve these problems. We're going to fire him if he doesn't. And we're getting back to that place that Giuliani was, where he was campaigning against the Board of Education and parents were stuck in the middle. I believe in accountability at the ballot box. Give elected officials the authority. If they don't do a good job, fire them. But don't have these unelected boards. If you go to a bus stop in City Island and ask your constituents who's responsible for raising or lowering the fare on the subway and buses, they wouldn't know a single person on that board. And I bet you, you and I, with a gun to our head, probably couldn't come up with more than two or three. That's the problem. We are in a world now, and you're just the kind of elected official that embodies this, that you're everywhere. You recently had a tough primary where your constituents reaffirmed this. You're everywhere saying, give me the responsibility and blame me if you don't like the results. That's accountability. With this system, it's the state, it's the PDF, it's the mayor, it's the courts. That's my beef. But we live in a country, and I've always lived in a country where we realize we don't want to give ultimate power to one person, okay? And we always want some checks and balances. Now, how that checks and balances should be made, well, that we can debate on, okay? Because you're seem to be saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, that we got a mayor and a chancellor and they'll run the school, but we should have just the city council being there natural checks and balances. Yes. Okay. And, and ultimately, so every voter knows when it comes to my neighborhood school, the most local of local issue, when it comes to education policy, when it comes to the school lunches, when it comes to the admission policies, I know, since it's such a big part of the budget, I know who's responsible. Right. Period. And I think for a lot of reasons, giving the power of oversight, okay, to the city council creates other problems. You are then saying that these people who have so many other things on their plate have to look at the school system and make decisions, 51 of them, okay, making decisions. That's a pretty large group trying to make decisions on everyday matters in the school system. Well, wait a uh, minute, no, 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 no. The mayor could still have a chancellor can still organize the schools the way they want, maybe by borough, maybe by district. I'm not saying that there's not that a, an elected official is doing the day-to-day -day deciding, but ultimately accountability lies with those people. That's what we elect elected officials for, to supervise the bureaucracy. And in this case, we hire two bodies, the city council and the state legislature. And the state legislature is represents the whole state and frankly has no accountability. If a group of state senators someday stands up and says, we are going to hold out on policies that affect the city until you give us A, B, or C, I mean, that happens all the time. Look, you and I don't disagree that this is a complicated part of the government. You know it way better than I, being the chairman of the committee. I guess what I'm saying is that increasingly too much, and there are other issues like this, we have to go to the state legislature to decide whether we want to put speed cameras on our blocks. We have to go to a state agency to decide whether a local bar should get a, a liquor license. I mean, some of it makes no sense, but this one is a biggie. Well, I agree with you, uh, you know, on the issue about traffic lights and so on. 
However, however, on this particular issue, okay, it's stated in the Constitution, okay, basically how the schools should be run, okay? They should be in school districts. I mean, that's part of the Constitution, okay? And how you do that beyond there is up to what form of school governance do you want? And before, it used to be a school governance of a school board, and we changed that because they were corrupt and ineffective, and we went to the mayoral system. Okay, that's what we have now. Maybe it needs to be changed again. And that's why, Anthony, you're maybe doing an argument against yourself. This is the reason why in two years, we'll look at it again. And maybe we'll say, well, let's do away with this panel. And let's leave it up to the city council to be the advisory board. That might be the best way. Frankly, I'd like a small board to oversee it. I think the increases we made were made it too big. I like us having nine people, 12 people, 15, but no more because it's not too unwieldy that way. But Well, I appreciate it. And listen, if there is good news in all of this, it's people like you and Senator Liu and others who do care very deeply and know a great deal about the state have a great deal of influence over what the state does. I would not be as confident if we had a, not to be partisan, a Republican state senator from Clinton County, New York, who wanted to make a philosophical view, you know, and how everything is about class and race and controversy could really jam us up. But I appreciate you here. This is part of why I wanted to have this discussion with you because of your insights and because of your unique position. I think you're doing a remarkable job, both representing the people of the Bronx, but also school children in New York. I'm grateful that you're there. And I hope you come back and join us again. Anthony, anytime you want me, I'll be back. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. And stand by after the break, we will have some closing thoughts. So there you go. A great interview with Assemblyman Benedetto. You know, I think he, to some degree, made the best argument possible in that I think that he is an excellent representative and cares very much about the city and is from the city and is the chairman of the committee. On the other hand, I think to some degree he affirmed what I was saying by saying that Albany sometimes wants to keep their finger in these issues. And that, to me, is not the solution. That is the problem that we're trying to solve. But we really do appreciate, he is a perfect fit, someone, as I mentioned, who is a, you know, from New York and the chairman of the Education Committee and someone who's been around and worked in the school system. He's arguably the best of all worlds. If you've enjoyed this episode of Keys to the City, I encourage you to like and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. You can always get this podcast and all the other podcasts from WABC 77 News Radio hosts and guests at the Red Apple Podcast Network, a great collection of podcasts from all of my colleagues. And it's also a place that you can get podcast versions of my show, The Middle, which I'm on the radio two to three every Saturday. Left versus Right, the show I do with Curtis Sliwa immediately after at three to four every Saturday. And a whole bunch of other podcasts that I think you will really enjoy. Also, if you'd like to offer your contribution to Keys to the City, either an idea that we tackle, a solution that we feature, we've already gotten some excellent ones. We have an email address set up especially for that purpose. 
keys to the city at wabcradio.com. We really do appreciate your support. Every Thursday, Keys to the City drops, and I look forward to seeing you again next Thursday. <laughs>